Okay, so here we have Wendy, me. Hi, I'm Anna Emery. And I'm Gerardo. And we're going to be talking about domestic violence. And since it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, we kind of wanted to spread more awareness on the topic as well. Um, the topics that we're going to be talking about um, have to do with Gabby Petito case, um, the O.J. Simpson case, and an episode from Law and Order where the person who is getting abused, or in, in this case, is the male in the relationship. Mm -hmm. We want to focus on that topic on how it also can be any who can be sexually assaulted. Yeah, even though it's not as common as um, other domestic uh, violence cases, it is still, we're trying to be as inclusive as possible. And we want to be understanding that everybody who does come forward, every victim does have a voice and they should be, they should be safe and feel safe and feel like they are able to report without any harm or any... To be afraid. To be afraid, yeah. And we only say this because the next two cases have to do a lot with the victims not wanting to come forward or being too afraid or leaving things out, um, which led to their death. Um, so first we're going to be talking about the Gabby Petito case. Um, this is pretty recent. This happened in 2021, actually a few months ago. Um, so Gabby Petito, she's an American woman. She was missing from August 27, and her body was found September 19. Brian Laundrie, which was her partner at the time, um, is the main suspect in the case because they both were supposed to travel together, and Brian happened to come back by himself without Gabby, and he lawyered up and is now currently missing. And the case was ruled as a homicide. There's also body cam footage where the police were involved in an altercation between Gabby and Brian. The witness who called the police department stated that it looked like they were fighting over a phone and that hitting was involved. So yeah, um, if you look at the body footage, body cam footage, um, it seems like Gabby was already kind of hiding something or was afraid to say something. She looked very scared and it really looked like she was scared from the altercation. So. It led a lot of people to think that she was, you know, keeping something from the cops. And later after the altercation, they were let go. Um, so they, after that is when Gabby was found missing or, you know, found her body was. We do want to focus on how the police did not do any follow-up reporting after this incident, which may have been one of the main reasons on why Gabby ended up going missing and ended up not coming out of it alive. We feel like if we don't talk about how police don't follow up with these reportings, we see a very same pattern on how it keeps coming up. No matter how many times the victim reports to the police, there is no follow-up. There isn't a case made, and it does sometimes lead to an unfortunate death inside of the home or relationship of the house or with the people. We also saw this with the O.J. Simpson case, which was when Nicole Brown Simpson was found brutally killed along with Ronald Goldman. Yeah, so Ronald Goldman, she was, uh, he was a friend of Nicole's, um, and there have been theories and speculations about why they were both found in the same place, because it was at Nicole's residency or her home. And so 
Before that incident, um, there were about 60 different incidents of alleged beatings from OJ to Nicole. Um, she kept a journal where she would write all of the incidents in there because at, there came to a point where she would have, she'd be making too many calls to the police, police department reporting, you know, that OJ Simpson beat her or, you know, there was some form of altercation. And a lot of people believe that because of OJ's popularity and fame and everything that it was the case overall was overlooked and just not taken seriously. And she started doing that because she started writing in her journal because she noticed that a lot of like a lot of police or any of her phone calls wouldn't really make a difference. They weren't really helping her no matter how many times she called. And the first few times the police came to help out um, because OJ was so popular, um, Nicole was left unheard and undefeated. And a lot of people speculate that um, because O.J. Simpson was really popular at the time as well, and after many people believed that O.J. killed her, he flew to Chicago, so he basically hid, and he lawyered up immediately after he was reached out to. Um, so you can see two similarities in this case, in these two cases between the Gabby Petito case and the O.J. Simpson case. Both the women had, you know, had altercations with the police, reached out, um, and they were still left unheard and unfortunately now they are dead like Anna said there was no follow-up um, and that led to really severe consequences so I think those are very interesting um, I think another interesting thing to look at is um, the time span between the two so the OJ Simpson case ended in uh, 1994 I believe yes and the Gabby Petito case was very recent uh, mm -hmm. both had similar um, ending results yeah. And I think it's uh, really important to consider that uh, in, even up to today in society, we still have like similar problems with police and reports. Right. We do see that a lot of popular people do try to get away with these kind of cases with any sort of crime or violence. However, in sexual assault, we see that more of the if you are more powerful, you are more likely to get away with it. However, we didn't see this case in the Law and Order episode. The, in this certain episode, we saw that a woman was a woman was abusing her husband sexually. It was a very big domestic violence case, and it was very interesting to watch and play out on the screen because it was the male who was the victim. Now. According to Rain.org, uh, we see that there's a statistic that says about 3% of male men or 1 in 33 have experienced an attempted or completed rape in their lifetime. Now this statistic is very important not only because this is the statistic of reported rapes and attempted rapes, however it is very similar to sexual assault and also domestic violence because not many males feel like they can report, whether it's because they feel they feel worried about what society might think about them reporting or whether it's that they feel like they won't get believed because they are a male. Thankfully, in this one episode of Law & Order, the woman was convicted of of sexual assaults and she ended up going to jail and it was just a very impactful episode because we were able to see how the how the gender roles were definitely reversed. We want to talk about how important any victim is during this podcast and we want to show that it can happen to anyone no matter what gender role or gender you are. Every victim has a voice. 
Now, there are many resources to, to come across if you are currently dealing with any sexual assault or domestic violence. One of them is rain.org, where I talked about that one statistic. Not only does it have resources on how to maybe find safety during these times, but it also has many different statistics and information on sexual assault, domestic violence, rape, and everything like that. And it's a way to help keep you safe and in the clear of what's going on and the relationship you currently have. And then we also have Beth here who has a little bit of a background in the domestic violence um, realm, so. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm a, a teacher here at NLU in the communications program. So uh, I have experienced uh, firsthand, unfortunately, uh, domestic violence a little over 10 years ago and know pretty well the emotional uh, and physical scars that come with it and, um, and wrote a book, an oral history book, where I interviewed women who have um, survived abusive relationships and giving advice for uh, to women who are currently in those kind of uh, relationships. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions if, if you have anything you'd like to ask. Um, since we are talking about like gen like different happening to different genders, did you notice that there was like one gender specific that it would like happen more to or that there were more cases reported as opposed to the other gender? Yes, um, I absolutely have found overwhelmingly that the victims and survivors who I've interacted with um, are, 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 have always been female, but that doesn't mean that the other isn't happening at all by any means. I just, I didn't reach out to males for my book, so had I done that, I think I would be much more informed to answer that question. Um, I want to first comment how thank you for coming forward. I know it whatever situation you were in, it must have been really hard, and I want to applaud you for being able to survive that. It's not that you are a victim anymore, you are a survivor. That is what I want to first say. Second of all, I know since you've gone through this experience, what resources would you recommend for people going through a similar situation with domestic violence and sexual assault like you? Um, well, it's very difficult for women to reach out to their uh, family, even if they're very close, at least this is my experience, that um, you feel isolated from your family and you cut off your loved ones. Um, and I'm mentioning this because regardless of that discomfort and that isolation, I really encourage women who are in these relationships, despite that barrier, to break through that barrier and talk with their loved ones. I have found that there are many organizations um, that you can connect with online, uh, such as you mentioned, uh, RAIN. There are many resources. Yeah, basically just if you go to the, the RAIN website and then check with any shelters and different groups. I know in Chicago there's a group called the Lilac Group, um, different support groups for uh, current victims, total privacy. I do want to comment on another like, a weird thing I guess I could say is that I really love when shows do kind of bring forward these types of situations and bring it to 
a new light. Like, I always talk about Law & Order SVU just because it's such a great show that talks about these issues head on. And one thing I've always, like, that's always talked about on the show is that nothing is ever white and black. There's always that gray area area of issues going on. And I feel like I'm really happy that we are able to see that televised and norm not normalized, but like we get to see those issues head on and we're able to have our we're able to help someone else if they are dealing with that. So. Yeah, like destigmatized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important for women to understand when they're in these relationships. It's important for women to be aware of the cycle of abuse. It's very, very legitimate. Um, people may have heard about the cycle where the significant other is very charming and very kind, and then the abuse kicks in and can accelerate and almost pushes it really, really far, and then the uh, significant other will go back to being charming and it's just really important that women in those situations be aware that that charming side the the bad stuff doesn't just go away just yeah i feel like like i feel that we as women should always understand a relationship and not just us women like anyone in a relationship should always identify any red flags especially if a partner is starting to get emotionally verbally or physically abusive because if it does start verbally it can go even further than that yeah and it's my experience that they start to to push it a little bit right mm -hmm. could start with being you know yelling or controlling and then as long as that um, the person stays in the relationship they're going to often just kind of push it a little further and a little further uh, and then it's really scary and bad and when we stay in these relationships further and further, it also just, it's harder to leave because you've been there for such a long time. And sometimes we have hope that the other person will change and we never see it. I also wanted to add a comment on um, seeing as I'm not, I've never been, thankfully I've never been in a abusive relationship. I do have a friend who is currently going through something similar and from the outside perspective, it's it could be really like scary because you're always worried about you know like in this case this is my best friend like I'm always worried and you know asking her how she is and just waiting for that phone call and you know what I mean and like I know that's it's really sad but it like not only affects the victim but like for others that know that it's happening or that they know that they're in this relationship like it could be really stressful for them and worrisome so also like to point that out yeah it's really hard from like because like you see you feel like you, you're helping them out of the situation and they just go back and you know it's something hard that you see but unfortunately that's how sometimes the dynamic or that's just how these relationships work and like if you do have a friend I'm sorry if you do have a friend or a family member that's going through it all my advice is you have to be really patient and just be there for them because unfortunately it's you know you unless you want them to be out of that relationship but you never know or you you'll never know how it is from their perspective as well so just be really patient and you know support them as much as you can and just don't be like don't shut them out that's what I've caught on to yeah, yeah. that's good that you bring that up there are actually support groups for uh, family members of domestic abuse um, victims okay. so that's out there too it's fairly unfortunate that domestic violence doesn't just affect the partner, it affects everyone in that partner's 
network because you can get shut out from the person altogether or you just see them just in pain and you can only do so much but other than be there supporting them. Yeah. Anything else that you guys would like to add on? I personally don't think so. Um, I can give an example of um, a, a woman who I interviewed for uh, the book that I, that I mentioned. She was in a relationship with her um, husband. They're still married. Uh, and he was very, he wasn't physically abusive, but he was very abusive financially and emotionally. But on a positive note, he has made a real change. It took years and years. They've got um, three kids together. She's very straightforward with me. And um, he saw a doctor, a psychologist. They do counseling. Seems to have really learned a lot. So it's very rare. But there are some cases where the abuser can get a little bit better, as long as they recognize it in themselves and want to change. I guess I should, I kind of want to share. I was in, a long time ago, I was in a two-year relationship with a guy, and it was a very emotionally abusive relationship, and then it did unfortunately start to get a little physical, which is when I had to end things, and I had to leave that relationship just because it wasn't, it wasn't a healthy relationship overall either, but I just feel like you should always, like, if you see a red flag in the relationship, don't ignore it. Never ignore it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also another thing that my mom has always told me, because um, I have a sister as well, so she always advises us of things like when we are in relationships of like with men and everything, or it could either apply the opposite way around. Like he'll do it again. That's my biggest thing. Like um, when my friend came to me the first time, like you know it wasn't. It, it was news to me, it was pretty new, so for me, I thought it was, you know, first and last time, right, but unfortunately, that's not how it works, so I like to, like, bring awareness to that, that, you know, like, what Anna said, like, the red flags, please pay attention to those, because that, more than likely, it will happen again. Yes. And then I do also have a sister who, she, she hasn't been, like, um, um, been abused, but, uh, Sometimes I fear that uh, her husband uh, sometimes is a little bit um, aggressive towards her. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is always, I always like to keep in touch with her. Pretty much almost visit her every single day, ask her how she is, um, hang around with her sometimes. And it's just a way for me to be assured that she's okay and nothing bad's That's happening true. around her life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, you know, for asking. I hope that I've helped a little bit like to try to help others by sharing what I've been through and I'm doing great now you know years later I am so happy that I left that relationship and really saved my life um, so you can do it <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank for, you for listening thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed this podcast thank you okay so uh, my name is Gerardo my name's Wendy my name is Anna and we thank you for listening. We hope you come back to this podcast and hear more content from us. Thank you.